What is going on, my sprudes and spruettes? Welcome back to episode eight of Trapped Under Plastic. Yeah, it's the country version. <laughs> uh, we got a spicy show set up for you guys today. Actually, I don't know if it's actually that spicy, but it's muy picante. That's a fun way. That's, that's kind of like a fun way to hype it up artificially. <laughs> Wait, are you hyping yourself up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If it looks like we're kind of adjusting a lot, it's because we got these new mic stands yeah. that are easier to deal with than giant things that kind of like loom off camera. Um, and so we're trying to figure out the best way to sit at this awkward table with them. <laughs> but if you listen to the audio, there's a bit of haunch. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're figuring it out still. Yeah. Um, I got a little story. Oh, you got to start. We're going to start with the story. Story time. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So. I don't know. Oh, I just did a lip smack. Okay, anyways. <laughs> About maybe a month ago, I put a poll out on my Instagram story that said, guess how many lip smacks I'm going to have to edit out of John's audio while doing this episode of the podcast. And I said, is it, it was a poll between zero between 15 and 16 plus. And I wanted to see what people thought. And I think 98% said 16 plus. <laughs> so I'm curious. I counted. How many lip smacks do you think I removed from a single episode of the podcast, including the extended portion, uh, just from your audio track? How many lip smacks? Oh, See, I don't even know. I don't even realize that I do it. I know. I've gotten to the point in editing that I can, I know when you are about to do it. <laughs> so I can pause. I see the spike. I get rid of it and I move on. Okay. Um, I'm curious if you think it's higher or higher or lower. Just yeah, guess. Uh, so I just did one. Dang it! What? <laughs> I think I just did one. Oh, I don't think so. You're now good. I'm self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> lip smacks. Um, forty-seven. Fifty-eight. Oh man! Fifty-eight lip smacks. It's like one every ninety seconds. Yeah, it's uh, it's brutal. <laughs> uh, how do I fix that? Uh, I think I looked it up a while ago. I think it comes down <laughs> so to. I mean, just being aware of it, maybe, but also drinking water instead of like drinking like soda or stuff. Um, I think the sugar. <laughs> he takes a drink of diet too. I think yeah. the sugar in soda and foods can cause more saliva in the mouth that cause more lip smacking. I don't know. I'm not like a radio talk show. You're host. not a lip smackologist. No, that'd be a pretty upsetting career you're i mean you're you're pretty qualified at this point yeah oh <laughs> i can spot it a mile away <laughs> you can predict the lip smack you had another story you wanted to discuss and that was what's on your hobby xmas list or christmas list or holiday list I, this was just something i wanted us to like it's the holiday season like i'm like well let's talk about holiday gift giving absolutely when you said it's the holiday season, I heard the song. Oh, yeah. It's the holiday season. Happy holidays. <laughs> uh, the holiday album's coming out on uh, December 25th. Now. Um, okay. Yeah, you can get the vinyl pre-ordered now. <laughs> uh, holiday Christmas list. This is great. Um, what should my family get for me related yeah. to the holiday? Uh, Amber doesn't buy me miniatures just because she knows how many miniatures i have oh yeah and she's like you can just claim it as a business expense why would i buy them for you yeah and i'm like okay fair um so this is for like my parents and for my siblings i like have no idea what i want i think i recently put neferata mortark of blood on my christmas oh. list because so, i've always wanted to paint the model and i never have and i don't own it um so that that's on there um a few nicks and knacks like airbrush needles 
um, a conversion kit for the Patriot to turn it into a finer needle contraption. Um, mm. One that's similar to the HPCS. I want to see if if I use that conversion kit, if it's similar to the HPCS and also cheaper for American people. Oh. Um, and also the Garden of More terrain set. Oh, baby. Because <laughs> I really want that thing. <laughs> it's so much good terrain. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. So you just, most of the things you said I already have. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have more Tark of Blood? I've got, I have two more Tark kits. Oh, yeah. You have the Bone Boy. Actually, the, uh, the one that I built, um, it's got three separate riders, and they're, they're a little bit different armor bits and, like, heads of the dragon thing. Okay. But I magnetized the riders, so mine, I can have Neferata or Manfred or Arcana on oh, top. Oh, look at you. Yeah. So economical. Uh, I know. Did you buy the riders off eBay? No, in that kit, you get them all. Yeah, you get, you get the you ability really? to make all three of their mounts, which are almost identical except for a different head and slightly different armor bits and you get all three riders in that box really yep okay so you'll have a bony boy and you'll have a (laughs) manfred mean angry old man vampire and then you have nefrata which is the coolest looking of the three manfred is the young boy but his face and that sculpt you'll see when you if you if santa brings it for you (laughs) um you'll see that like he just has a lot of extra like skin folds on his head (laughs) yeah he's got he's got like a weird like animalistic thing going on yeah yep okay uh i I, when you were talking about the airbrush it just makes me think of like aftermarket firearms where it's like we're gonna replace the stock with this carbon you know graphite stock and all this stuff i'm playing borderlands 3 right now so i'm all about these gun upgrades so have you seen your uh, badger's website uh isn't it look like it's from like 98 <laughs> yes so like I, I feel like that's kind of in keeping like with the whole gun thing and to like you know it's like upgrade your airbrush like with a with a scope or like a, <laughs> with a laser pointer laser sight i could definitely see it on that website for sure <laughs> you know exactly where the paint's gonna hit <laughs> would that actually work would it work i'm sure it would unless your needle was bent like mine was for a really long time and it was like shooting to the right but i'm sure, for sure that would work God, this is going to go right back into our topic for today. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Oh, man. We got to make a mental note of that one. Okay. Um, so, okay, yeah, you've got some good stuff on your holiday list. Yeah. Um, do you and Amber exchange a lot of gifts at Christmas? Do you just do a couple things? you buy stuff for, like, each other for the house? Yeah. Um, so up until this Christmas, all of our birthdays and, and Christmases have been really, like, heavy on gift giving because we're, like, I don't know. Just receiving gifts is a lot of fun. At least for me, it is. Um, <laughs> I like when I get stuff. I don't care about giving it, but I like to get it. <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, I actually maintain a list of gifts for Amber that I have year round. Uh, yeah. So whenever she says something like, I want this. Did you just notice? Yeah. <laughs> you just <done> it. <laughs> you're like, my you're like, shit, I did it. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I maintain a list of stuff to get for Amber uh, year round, which I feel like I should get like mad husband brownie points for, but she's just like, yeah, whatever you should do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we used to get lots of gifts, but this year we're like, whenever we get gifts and open them, it's always kind of this like lackluster. It's like, yeah, it's like you're buying gifts for the sake of buying gifts. Like right. all, all the things I want are like hundreds of dollars, like camera equipment. So it's like, it's not feasible for anyone to buy that stuff. No, no, I get that. And I think, 
I, I, I've been doing that for like a year and a half, two years now, where I have just a, a list on my phone of gift ideas for my wife, because otherwise when it comes to birthday or Christmas time and I've got to do it in the crunch, it, it never is as good as it should be. <laughs> um, but as she says things, or I think of things, I put them on that list and that is great. So, oh, you know, okay. life lesson. Yeah to our listeners anyone listening yeah you need a little list to maintain our female listeners are probably already way ahead of us and have been doing this their whole lives because they're actually thoughtful people we have female <laughs> listeners yeah other than emily I, well okay maybe we, we have emily <laughs> <laughs> if you are yeah if you're a female listener sound off let us know uh, comments in the uh, show notes or join our facebook group we can probably actually see that in the metrics if we look it up on our youtube channel it'll probably be like a solid 98 percent male two percent female Oh, really? Does it like? That's what, how does it, it know? breaks it down by state, by how does country. It know? Because you're signed into an account, and in that account, you say I'm female or male, or choose not to disclose. Oh, okay. I just thought like there's some technology in our phones that like scans for wieners or something. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, it's secret. It's secret. <laughs> Only the government knows about that technology. <laughs> no, no touching. No touching. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I do this thing where we give gifts. For a couple things. One, we do gifts that like we want for like the house or whatever that they're kind of the same thing. So now when we're finishing our basement, um, Sarah wants a big sliding door on one in the closet. Mm -hmm. One of those barn door things. Oh. Which are like $500. Wait, on the closet? Like in the get into the pantry kind of thing? Um, There's like a big closet. It looks like a server closet that's in the, what will be the studio. Okay. And do you want to have a kind of an interest point in there? It could be a cool interest point or she just wants to spend that much money. So some like rustic wood that you, but then refinish and then nice. So we're going to do that. Okay. Um, And then we're just spending money there, but we have a daughter. So it's important that we, the Christmas isn't all about her. <laughs> it's not a second birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's important that because she's an only child, that Christmas and opening the stockings and gifts isn't just about her getting stuff and us <laughs> sitting there because that's not a good lesson okay. for, for a child. Okay. Okay. So, so we like get random stuff and, and so I've given my wife some, I try to keep them like cheap ish product okay. ideas okay um and this weird i can't remember the name of the company but i, I want to test out more um gap filling solutions because i still am not feeling like there's found the golden secret yet okay and there's this weird i've heard really good things about it some japanese model company stuff okay that's not tamia but it's a different company but i've what, heard great things what have you tested out so far uh green stuff okay liquid green stuff okay milliput um the uh vallejo putty is stuff it, is it white yeah and it's in the bottle just like their paint does it's it f- a- oh is it acrylic water-based or is it okay, yes. okay okay yep tested that um have you tested epoxy sculpt i really like epoxy sculpt i i yes i have the only thing that i don't like about epoxy sculpt is it's not as good as sandy to sand no it isn't so it isn't. it's good if you can get it wet and get a nice smooth thing but i also feel like there is some even even in small doses sometimes i feel like those have some level of shrinkage so when it dries if you're trying to go over like a shoulder pad of a space marine right and you get it smooth and wet so it's nice when it dries there's like almost like a little bit of a bloop a little you where it's not okay have you tried the plastic like sprue goo stuff yes i have another lip smack right there (laughs) 
you can't edit those ones out so people can appreciate it and, and it's terrible <laughs> so i mean you're aware now so yeah and now it's going to reduce drastically yeah uh i'm completely unprofessional <laughs> <laughs> i told you that i think soda's causing the problem then you start drinking soda right in front of me i have a bottle of water upstairs okay so well, that's so far away i know i am i'm literally corded in to where i sit <laughs> i can't leave uh okay, yeah so, i got so filling stuff the the sprue goo is good like in the uh when you're building phase okay but i'm thinking like when you when you build and it, it's you know there is something that doesn't hit it there yeah so i think i know you're talking about with the with the japanese stuff so you said it wasn't tamiya but the tamiya white putty uh is thinned with alcohol um and it also dries super fast oh um, nice so it, it may be a similar product in a different packaging, um, but I have that stuff. It's just a little messy to to work with. Um, and also you kind of got to go really fast because it dries super fast. Oh, um, this, this stuff's in a jar that looks like the shape and like size of the Tamiya jars. Okay, it's not in the tube. Okay. So I'm going to try that. Okay. Um, I also said if she needs ideas for me to just find a random, um, what are those called? The monthly subscription boxes. Oh, like a model box? Yeah, there's one that's for strictly for painting. Oh, yeah. So, what is it? Who's it? Who's it, who's it done by? I, I can't. I can't remember. Okay, we'll link it in the show notes if we find it's, it. It's it's some kind of loot crate, but for but it, you get a bunch of different kinds of paints from different ranges, and it's out of Europe. So oh. you're gonna get like maybe like coat to arms or war colors or something something that uh, range they don't have. Okay, and you get different other stuff for like basing and different weird little flock things rock things maybe yes. some scenic bases yes please um maybe some trying out different brands of brushes so i said just get me one month of that if you could find one I, I linked her that one so i can i'll find it and get you put it in the show notes and then maybe after i get it i could talk about it okay see if i like it um so that but for my extended family i try to find things that they could get on amazon yeah like movies I, I mean, I'm all about horror Blu-rays. My my mother-in-law, she loads me up on Christmas. She yes. buys me like three, four horror movies. It's crazy. It's good. Yeah. It's good. But now with my in-laws especially, because um, for my parents, I asked for a heat gun. I, I told you this. And you're oh like, what are you talking about? You want a heat gun? <laughs> he wants he... a heat gun to dry miniatures. Yeah. And melt them. Yeah. <laughs> I say dry when actually I'm going to probably melt them, but you need a good quality one that's got enough of a low setting, enough controls on it. Okay, so what's the deal? Why would you use a, a hair dryer? Because this looks so much cooler. Oh, my <laughs> Lord almighty. <laughs> um, I, guess, I guess it's supposed to be better. Why? Because it's, it's not just blowing air. It's actually uh, it's it's quicker because it uses heat technology it's just more heat yeah a hairdryer actually uses heat yeah. maybe at a higher velocity in fact i like the fact that a hairdryer has a cold setting yeah. because then you can just use the, the motion of air across paint to dry it without heating the model up yeah you're right so actually a hairdryer is better <laughs> <laughs> take it back hairdryer is better go get the one at goodwill for a buck and a quarter the con air branded one that everyone's got yeah it's like a it used to be white but now it's like a faded moldy yellow color <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but i also like that i'm not like blowing all my crap across my paint table oh, yeah, all that, over the place that is the one thing you don't realize it and you just blow a bunch of <laughs> tiny bits whoosh. everywhere well i guess i didn't need that little head because it's gone now <laughs> it's been flowing across the room somewhere so that but my in-laws um, I just send them links to like stuff on, um, 
on Amazon because I want to get like some like kicker lights and some stuff for video making, but like try to find some cheaper things. Did you choose word that you use the word kicker? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're you're one of us now. <laughs> Not exactly, but I talk. <laughs> it's uh, my life is about being an imposter. So <laughs> this oh, really go off. T- tell us about this because. I think I know about it. You, oh, you know about it? Yeah, no, because yeah, I can relate. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't ever, I don't ever feel like I am an an expert or even particularly knowledgeable about anything. Yeah. But what I absorb is what it's needed to convince others that I am. Yeah. And that it's kind of a I mean, this is ripping open a vein here because it's a very <laughs> much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a self-conscious thing. That's like, oh, I I never really feel like if someone asks me a really in-depth thing about a certain topic or whatever area of life that like, oh yeah, I'm one that should be telling you about this. Mm, but yeah, uh, I try to put myself in a position where I can sound like I am. Yeah, and I use that to get through life yeah. instead of actually knowing anything. <laughs> I think we call that imposter syndrome, right? No, there are things that you definitely yeah, are a subject is. matter expert on that you can have that you have a valid opinion about, right? right. Maybe not sports, but yeah. you can still hold a conversation about sports. Yeah, throw out some names, some plays. Right. Yeah. Okay. Some moves. Uh, people have told me this. My wife tells me this, but she, she doesn't say it in a positive manner. She says that I'm a chameleon, <laughs> and that I will adapt to the situation I'm in. Master bullshitter. Yeah. To talk about or to relate to the person I'm talking to. Yeah. Um. And so. That if and if I'm honest, if I look at the any successes I've had in my career, it's because of that. It's because I can deal with people and figure out what they want. And even if I can't do it, I can convince them I can. See, I can't I don't even know if you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, right? no, no, no. Right. You're not even in a miniature painting. <laughs> right. I just have, you know, I've got a neighbor and I just like send pictures of his stuff. Oh, I don't man. let him go on the internet ever. <laughs> Ruin the ruse. <laughs> Just locked in your basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just put like pictures of my hands around his shoulders <laughs> while he's doing the work. It looks like I'm doing it. Yeah, so it's gonna. This whole thing's gonna hit a brick wall, and I actually have to paint video myself painting something. And that's people why you're are taking like, so long, right? Yeah. Like, how do I fake this? Yeah, there's like three layers of green screens that are going on here. <laughs> like neighbor, put my ring on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I thought about just amputating his arms, but then I'm like. <laughs> It's probably not gonna work. You could like pull on his muscle tendons to get his fingers in place. <laughs> that would all right. This took a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, I don't all know right, if this so, has related to Christmas gifts. But... <laughs> so your in laws they buy you cheap camera gear. Yeah. So for the last couple of years, I've just tried to find things that uh, they can purchase on Amazon that are related to the hobby, and so that's always a good thing if you're like, oh, I want this set of Vallejo paints, or I want this set of um, brushes, or Putty sculpting, what are they called? Sculpting, like sculpting tools. Sculpting tools. Oh, oh like color shapers. Color shapers. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Things like that that you don't have to go to a specific store or website or wherever to find out about minis. Yeah, you know. Do you know that with the Amazon Assistant Chrome plugin, you can add stuff that's not on Amazon to your Amazon wish list? What? Yeah. So I do this all the time. So. I I added Neferata from Games Workshop, the website, to my Amazon wish list. And also added a little note saying you can also find this in store at Games Workshop. But when they click on that link in my Amazon wish list, it'll take them to GW site. So you can do oh. that for like weirder manufacturers that like they wouldn't know how to find. I don't know. Interesting. It's an idea. 
So your moral of this story is you want people to buy your gifts to spend another 15 or 20% more by buying directly through G- GW. Yeah. <laughs> you should have just had a sent them to like miniature market or something where it's actually a lot cheaper. Do they, does miniature market sell GW figures? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Tons of online stores sell GW now. They have a, a <clears throat> third party. Do you actually know one of the rules for selling GW product online is you can't show the picture of the model. What? Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is a thing I was con- I knew of about a year ago. Maybe it changed. We should look. We should look on a site that sells it third party and see if it shows All right. pictures. All right. All right. That's we're, ch- we're checking. Okay. Um, but they can sell like I know they have like the the Apple thing where like you have there's you can't go lower than whatever 15 i think it's 15 percent mm. of what their msrp is you can never discount lower um oh wait there are companies that sell gw products 30 percent off all the time no um also this new mic setup i feel like i'm staring at you a lot more yeah you keep looking in my eyes this is very intimate um we're angling now so <laughs> uh all right so let me look up uh what's a what's a thing i want to look up uh, I'll just look up more Tark. Okay. She's not there, but here's an example. So the new big boy Catacross, MSRP is $110. Is there a picture of him? Yeah, there's a picture of him. The okay. box, picture. not like the model outside the box. May- okay, so maybe it was just you can't use our product photography, but you can take a picture of the box. I don't know. Okay. There's you- try like the stock photo of the box, but you can't get like their crispy up close 360s and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe you can take your own photos of the product. Like if someone painted a box art for you, you could use that, but no one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, you can get it. What is, that looks like it's uh, about 15%. Yeah. 15% off. But Neferata isn't on the site. Uh, I, I, maybe, I don't know, but there's a bazillion sites. And so here's another thing that I learned recently. I went through a site when I bought all my OCR Bone Reapers Mm -hmm. and I found out that there's a site uh, that you can you get the standard 15% off but in order to entice you to use their site if you buy $100 or more in Games Workshop products in one order after the order is complete and shipped to you they will then refund you for your purchase total purchase I believe it's another 15% okay so that's uh we call that a rebate rebate yes and he went right back on my credit card why that's cool is that it works within gw's system of discounting of their products because Mm -hmm. they're not giving you a lower price on their products of gw they're just saying to qualify for this extra discount you need to have a hundred dollars more in gw products and then we tend you another 15 percent off or more of gw products that's kind of nice uh it just makes me wonder what the hell the markup is on this shit (laughs) like it's got to be insane if they're pushing back another 30% and they're still making money off of that enough to keep a big business. And I mean, hooey. Yeah. I mean, we all know that the materials for making plastic miniatures is incredibly inexpensive. It's just like the design, the infrastructure and everything around it. that probably costs a lot of money, but the material itself is incredibly inexpensive. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, Let's infiltrate GW and figure out. Let's get behind the scenes. <laughs> Investigative reporting. <laughs> All right. So that's what's on our Christmas list for the hobby. What's on your dude's 
Sprudes, I'm sorry, Sprudes and Spruettes list for the holiday. What are you interested in getting? Uh, we'd love to hear about it because, I don't know, I mean, even though I try to combat gear acquisition syndrome, mm. I always want the new shiny stuff. Or at least I want to know if it's good. Um, yeah. If there's like 20 airbrushes on the market, I want to know which one's the best. So I always want to collect them all and test them and stuff. <laughs> all right. But let's talk about what we painted in the last two weeks here. Yeah. What did you paint, Scotty? Okay. So I know last time I said I painted the Duchess <clears throat> and I started to paint the Duchess, but I did not go through the entire process. Oh. And now we are on the other side of that process and i want to just i want to spin you a tale of suffering oh boy okay disclaimer i don't want anyone's pity <laughs> i'm just telling the story just for the sake of telling it maybe maybe so you can commiserate maybe so you can you know whatever just understand what happened um but you don't need to feel bad for me all right all right it's november it's the beginning of november i don't i should have figured out the actual timeline of this but at some point in november toward the end me and Amber planned a one-week vacation in Belgium, which then was the front end to going and celebrating Thanksgiving. So this is like a a week and some change that I wouldn't be at home doing stuff for the YouTube channel and whatnot. That that in it, in and of itself adds pressure onto making YouTube videos once a week, right? Yeah. Um. So I needed to make videos for the entirety of November. And then paint a display miniature, and I timed it. It was about a 40-hour paint job. Um, and then make a video series about that miniature, having lost a week and some change in November in the first place. So I was, like, doing, like, 16, 18-hour workdays to finish this thing. I was I converted my sleep schedule to accommodate for more work. Uh, wow. So I did the whole, there's this way of sleeping where you can sleep for four hours at night and then like an hour later in the day and a siesta and you feel fine. I did this in college too. Uh, not because, uh, I was trying to get more work done. I was just trying to play more video games. Trying to play more video games. <laughs> <laughs> and also I was just staying up super late and yeah. I was like, let's take a nap at noon. Uh, but you could end up sleeping less and feel fine. And so I did, it, I did it like a crap ton of work to finish all this stuff before I left for Europe I don't know what day, uh, but I painted the, the vampire fully. And there was this thing I talked about in my conversation with Vince where I'm like stressed out trying to finish this thing. And uh, I actually formatted a large portion of the miniatures, uh, miniatures like painting process, the video and lost all of it. And so when you say format, that basically means you erased that whole disc yeah. of all the footage yeah. of painting her face. Yeah. Her <laughs> entire face I lost in some of the hair. And people might be like, why don't you use like a data recovery thing? None of them worked. Uh, they never work. Mm -hmm. Recuva is a popular one. That never has worked for me ever. And I've done it like a million times. I use like the the recovery service for the specific SD card manufacturer, but I lost it all. And like the, the pressure and stress was mounting and I like mm. almost broke down when I did that. Um, but I didn't, I was able to finish the model and it was a wild ride to get everything done in time. And holy cow, it was crazy. So you had to repaint her whole head again? Her whole, I have, yeah, it's another head behind this, the curtain that we can go look at. Oh, you didn't just like prime over it? And oh God, no. The first half was so good. Oh. I wasn't going to undo it. Oh, so you just, you, you want to show that it still exists? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to use the head for the box art 
and I painted it a second time and I showed Amber the two heads and she's like, these are really similar. And I was like, all right, that's good enough all for right. me. That's cool. Um, I mean, it still took me like an hour and a half to do the second time, but it was better than like the two and a half hours the first time. Um, so I'm just chalking it up to me learning. So yeah, that was my next direction. One, you got a similar result quicker. Second yes. Time. But yes. is there anything else you learned by doing the exact same thing two times so close together? Mm. I think... Yeah, I think it's uh, what what volumes on that particular sculpt are worth uh, like focusing on, because like there are some general volumes for the face that you should care about, but the way certain models are sculpted will kind of like modify like what you should care about from mini to mini. Like some models have more of a sunken forehead or sunken temples, um, or like higher cheekbones, or like less of a chin, or more of a chin, or more of a jawline. And so every single model is kind of different in how you treat it in terms of where you put your highlights and shadows. And so having already kind of sussed out where all of those highlights and shadows should go the first time, I'd have to think about it the second time and just like dove right into roughing it in, uh, in, in like the spots that I knew where it needed to go. Okay. Do you think there's something to be learned from this long term? in terms of because you got to see two data points so close together and we were able to draw more conclusions quicker because they're they're so side by side i, I guess this is a leading question because where i'm trying to go with this is i think this is a way to look in in under a microscope the value of painting a certain thing multiple times and then your eye being able to quicker understand where I need to put focus points, where I need to have mm -hmm. highlights go, uh, where I need to draw the eye. And that's simply from painting similar things, whether it's faces, whether it's guns, whether it's whatever, multiple times. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I wanted us to do the class with the same miniature mm -hmm. over and over and over again, because the more we do it, the more we get accustomed to it. I mean, the first analogy that I drew was musicians play the same songs or very close to the same songs on set every single night when they're on tour and they get really good at the theatrics at the musicality of it and everything like that. So I figured the same thing applied to miniature painters. Um, it didn't need to be a model that I made. It could have been any model. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely value in redoing stuff. So I guess if you're really serious about getting the highest quality result on like a display miniature, you'd paint multiple times, but who that? No. Heck wants to do that. <laughs> no. Um, I think we do need to add theatrics. That's a great word. We should yeah. add theatrics to our class. I want some pyrotechnics. <laughs> People want jokes. Oh, yeah, there will be whole, jokes. We got a whole comedy sketch routine. <laughs> no, right. we don't. We don't. We have a big, like, carrot top wardrobe where we just grab stuff out of it. <laughs> yeah, we, we do costume changes <laughs> mid-class. All right. I painted the vampire. It was stressful. I got it done. It looked really nice. I was happy with it. Um what uh, would you paint? I painted a dragon's head. Okay. Uh, I've almost done with the dragon's head. Well, for my resin beast piece, I put a lot of focus and time into it because I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. And I just, I've changed a lot of things as I went. At one point I sent you pictures where it was a much more almost like of a salmon colored. Yeah. I like the salmon color actually. Yeah. And then I, I wanted it more vibrant. So I worked in some more glazes of blues and reds and yellows and into the it, salmon and then yeah oh and then it and now it looks more like a like a traditional red dragon okay um but it's a i i did like the salmon as well but i just think the vibrancy now is just it's a lot more eye-catching sure 
So I still need to do the eyes, mm-hmm. and I still need to do the horns. Are you going to do like a snake kind of slit eye thing? Yeah, I did some research on that, on lizard eyes and snake eyes. And actually, oddly enough, um, as many snakes have a circular pupil as do have a slit. Did you know that? No. We just always assume that snakes, and it's based on their family, like I'm pretty sure, uh, that like vipers, if you're from the viper family, you have the slit. Okay. So, but yeah, I think that's like what people will expect, and I think it just comes across a little bit more dastardly. (laughs) (laughs) It It does look evil for sure. Yeah. So, probably. So, I did some research on that, and I'm going to try to have make a lively eyeball. Okay. Uh, so that was the big thing that I did in the last two weeks. And we're coming up on me trying to get this damn thing done. You have a, you have a timeline for this, right? Yeah, my goal is to be done entirely with this piece by January 1st. What are the odds of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you were to ask me last... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you were to ask me last week at this time, I'd say really good. But then... Uh, my wife was gone to a work conference in Washington, D.C. Don't tell me you played video games. For five days. No, I didn't play video games, but between work and then being like a single dad and getting all that stuff yeah. done, um, like it would, I'd sit down and it would be like 10 o'clock before I would have free time. And then when my wife's gone, my daughter really likes to sleep on her side of the bed and she like fall asleep for watching a movie on the TV in her or whatever. Okay. And so right now my painting setup is in, in our bedroom. Yeah. And so if my seven-year-old is sleeping in there. I can't have like the two lights of a thousand suns <laughs> burning, burning in there and painting. So I basically, I didn't paint for four days. Oh, I got nothing done. Damn. So I got that dragon head basically done in a, to where it's at, which I would consider about 90% done in a week or less than a week. And so I was ahead of schedule and okay. now I'm back behind schedule. Do you have it broken down to the point where it's like this week I'm working on the head, this week I'm working on the, the torso this week i'm working on the back legs front legs um typically that's how i work but actually this time i'm doing something different than i learned from watching a video on darren latham's channel okay and he likes to work around the model and building them up and then moving on and building something up to 50 percent done and then moving on and building the next thing up to 75 mm-hmm. and so it's coming together and so the pieces feel do they connect the right way? Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of doing that. So I would do some of the blue scales up to where I thought, oh, I kind of want it to look like this. And then I did his whole uh, dark back ridge uh, up to like 70%. And now and I went back to the head and then I'm working on some of the underbelly. So, but yeah, I mean, eventually once I get to those pieces that I like how they work together, then I'll have to go through and do all of those blue scales and all that kind of stuff recess shading all those scales edge highlighting all those scales yeesh dude yeah I did not envy you yeah no it's it's a system you have to work it in sections so what i do with such a big piece like this is i work on a it's really only like three quarters of an inch by two inches <laughs> but it's a section and you work them so they feel like that section of the side all works in harmony up to a certain point and then you kind of repeat that in little puzzle piece patterns around otherwise it's just yeah if i were to just do black lining between the all the scales all at one step i wouldn't look as good because i would get impatient and rush it and mm. have to go back and fix more stuff okay um 
and then I, I get too narrow focused on it. And then I, um, I don't look at it as a bigger picture because I'm just focused on this one aspect and just keep knocking out this recess shading, just keep knocking out this black lining and something inevitably looks funny. Okay. Because I try to make it all look the same, but in actuality, what the dark parts on the underside are not going to look the same as the upper parts. Okay. I think that's a pretty reasonable thing that a lot of people might struggle with is if they did a whole buttload of recess shading, maybe it would look weird to them or maybe they get impatient. And I find a lot of, uh, I find a lot of help watching other people work on things that necessarily aren't miniature painting. So I, I watched uh, a, a creator, his name is Deresta. He made a book and in order to make the book, he bought a bunch of paper and he folded it in half. Uh, he folded each sheet in half of his book and he just showed every single page. He sped it up obviously, but he, he sat there and by hand folded every single sheet in half so that they would go together like a book. Um, and I was like, holy cow, like I would never want to do that. Another example, um, primitive technology. Uh, you might know this channel. I think I showed you yeah, one, so. one evening with Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, this guy will go to a riverbed, find clay, mix it with mud and, and ash and make bricks in a form. And he'll make... 200 fire them all in his nature made kiln and then make another 200 and it's just like there is it it's so repetitive to the point where it's like you know kind of what's going on in his head and it's just like i'm gonna get this done it's gonna take a while that's okay Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I try to channel their energy <laughs> okay when i'm doing yeah. something super tedious um an example being making siding on the witch's church diorama. Ah. Like like the angled siding. It took so long. I had to trim each piece and sand each piece so it was on an angle and did it one board at a time. Hmm. On, the, on the left, the front, and the right. And I was like, this is going to take a while. That's okay. Um, so, yeah. It's something that, that can be practiced, uh, but it, it helps seeing other people do it first. I think that that's a really important point is being honest with yourself and having a conversation with yourself on the front end. Yeah. So you're setting expectations. And so you don't find yourself getting frustrated because look, I told myself this at the front end. I can't be getting mad or upset or frustrated now because I knew I told me. <laughs> I, I, told, I told me. I should know. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you can also listen to music. That sure. helps a lot. Sure. Um, or watch like The Office. Yeah. Which is the greatest show to watch while miniature painting. Right. Especially if you've seen every episode like four times. <laughs> yes. You don't need to actually watch it because <laughs> yeah. you know what's happening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. That's what we've painted. You guys can let us know what you've painted in the comment section of this video on YouTube. Or if you listen to the audio version, you can let us know on our Facebook group, which is linked to the description below. Um, yeah. yeah, we're up to as of the re- this recording, we're up to almost a thousand people in almost Facebook a thousand group. people. Yeah, that's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. You know, another thing that's kind of weird about the numbers of our podcast. My friend Ian mentioned this to me was he was like, typically YouTube channels have higher subscribers and lower view numbers, but our podcast has higher views and less subscribers. I don't understand that. So we have like 4,500 subscribers at the time of recording this episode and we average between five and 10,000 views. And it's just like, why aren't you guys subscribing? (laughs) 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 
<laughs> Please. <laughs> it validates my worth. <laughs> no, you don't have to if you don't want to. I don't, I don't really care. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing that he noticed that is not normal for YouTube channels. Right. It, we're also in this weird thing, too, where we get uh, a percentage of the people that listen to this on YouTube and then a percentage through the different podcast sites. Mm -hmm. So then to have to go back and like dissect that data and look, when we're trying to decide like how many people are listening, how many people are invested, how many people do return? Some people listen to it twice. Yeah. They'll like listen to the audio and then maybe they'll go watch key moments of the video to see like physical reactions to things. Mm -hmm. I, someone said that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's hard to know. I think at the time, most of the the views, I don't know if it's the plurality or the majority, come from YouTube. Um, mm. Is that over fifty percent? Yeah, I think it's probably about seventy thirty. Okay, so it's significant. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. Or through YouTube, there's some stats for you. Yeah, but yeah. like, no, I think after like two weeks, uh, at least at this point, the episode averages around like ten thousand. Like across all platforms. Across all all platforms, That's after solid. two weeks, about ten thousand. That's like, solid. Whew. Thank you, Sprudes and Spruettes, for watching this ridiculous show. <laughs> uh, plus, oh, plus the people that are patrons can listen or watch it there, too. And oh, we, we on the extended stuff. Yeah, because yeah, they get the extended version, and then so then they can ha put it, bam, right through. What's the, the extended version of the podcast, John? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's the after party. <laughs> that's the after party where we have like a, a longer version of each episode that our patrons get access to. Yes. Just throw that right on in there. <laughs> That was natural. What are what are what's our topic for today? Our topic for today is comes from a patron. Uh in it comes from Jake, a friend of ours. Jake. And the question is if there could be a product uh that you wish existed, a medium, a tool that would assist the miniature painter, what would it be? Um and uh I, I added on to this question with another question that I had received from a, a viewer of my YouTube channel is that if you could change the miniature industry in any way, how would you do it? And this question is so good. Both questions are so good. Yeah, I think and we they could work chat well together. We could chat for a long time about about this stuff. Um, but yeah, so if if you are also a patron of our channel, you have the ability to suggest topics for us to discuss. This one comes from a patron. His name is Jake Applesauce Minis. Um, so yeah, let's. I took some notes. He took some notes. I took some notes about what I would say. What I what I would say. Thought about it in the shower. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the best place to think about things. Yeah, noodled on it. Um, you want to go first? Uh, I do, but I want to do a discrepancy here. Okay. And that um, when we throw out these amazing ideas over the next 45 minutes or so, <laughs> you, nobody can steal those, please. <laughs> yeah. Or if you do, give us a cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're going to just break it all down here <laughs> and give you all the sweet, sweet goodness. Gold mine of products here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First and foremost, the first thing that I thought of when he said this is there needs to be more tailored products for this hobby, like energy drinks, deodorant brands, snack cakes. You're joking. You can't be serious. Painting chairs. Painting chairs, maybe. What? Like, think of the billion dollar industry that is targeting these kinds of third party products for video games right but like they have like actual value oh you think that the mountain dew halo edition no adds value <laughs> no 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 but like um a headphone headphone a headphone <laughs> headphones make sense like keyboards mice mouse pads like that's all like that makes sense for like video games 
Yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about deodorant. Okay. <laughs> Is there a video game centric deodorant? No, but you you've been to 40k tournaments. <laughs> It's uh, about what's in need. What we need now. You know, right. it's called it's called like like a land speeder uh no, like Land Raider, Land Raider edition by Old Spice. It comes in the shape of a Land Raider. <laughs> yeah, it's just a stick. It just looks like the sprue. It comes out the front of the cargo thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, you have to pop down the back cargo hatch. <laughs> You, you turn the tracks of the tank the and then the it, comes, it comes out. All right. Yeah. Oh, there's my idea. That's, gold, I, that's Remember, gold. guys, I told you you can't steal these ideas. <laughs> Are you serious about there needing to be more miniature painting tailored products? No. No? Okay. I mean, uh, the uh, chair? Uh, I could see the chair. I, I mean, I'm being, I'm being facetious because that's the, that's the marketing road that these things go down. And we're going to get there. Okay. We're already getting things that aren't related directly to what we're trying to accomplish. But I think that there's this whole extra area. You know, in that vein, I didn't think about this, but I've always wanted, and not because like it's needed, but like an apron that's like all leather that has like brush holsters in it mm. um like i've seen a lot of these really cool aprons that are not even aprons they're just like a thigh strap or like <laughs> or like they have thigh straps on them like the apron comes down and splits in the middle and and is split at the waist so you can like attach it to your thighs i have no idea why you do this um but like a high quality apron so you don't get paint on yourself while painting that can also hold your brushes I like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for, like, high-quality stuff, air quotes. Oh, right, yeah. Um, it like, it'll last 100 years, you know? Like, I bought, like, really fancy boots that last forever. I don't really ever wear them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they last forever because you never wear them. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, raw denim jeans. You know, I'm that kind of person. So I would like to see a high-quality apron. You really get that much paint on yourself? Uh, Yeah. Like, my wife is really upset with me because a lot of the clothes that I wear has paint all over them pants in particular um actually if you look at this xlr cable here has paint on it um this has paint on it you can see some yellow paint on it the the china ball attachment for my light paint gets everywhere especially when you're airbrushing why do you airbrush like in all the rank directions well i don't i do things like uh if i'm cleaning out my airbrush cup and i spray it with a spray bottle and like the water jets in and like some Shoots comes everywhere. out, then it'll get on me. But there's just, you know, like that could happen. And they have those spray brush things where you just put it in. Yeah, but I don't want the paint to come out the front of the airbrush because then that's just more for me to clean up. I'd rather it come out the cup. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Okay. There's a, you had to hit that golden angle where your little water squirt <laughs> the golden angle. goes right into that thing. Right, and then right into a cup. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're going over. I have a little like, Cool, that was so cool Minnesotan. Did you just hear what you said? I go over. <laughs> okay, continue. So for a rip, are you? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest rap song in the world will be linked in the description and show notes of this video for you to watch. All right. Oh, yeah, it did sound like I was on Letterkenny. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Th- I mean, that is the that is the the biggest culprit here is the cleaning out of the airbrush. Yeah, I, I think get so. Water. Yeah. I just get wet. I'm always wet. <laughs> I'm like, why is it, where does it all come from? <laughs> 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 oh, why am I wet? 
<laughs> that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you sleep at a debt account. You wake up the next morning in the bed and everything's wet. Actual story. Actual real life thing that happened. Uh, um, all right. I, is, is like the... Is the apron like going to solve all the world's troubles though? No. It's, it's, you're, you're still like your floor's wet. Your computer monitor's covered in paint. I mean... That's true. Uh, no, it wouldn't solve all, all the world's problems. It would just solve a portion of it. I don't think Unless any- it's built into your costume, <clears throat> because Vince's costume that green is apron. a green apron. Yeah, right. Yes, and so it's it's you know it's his Superman's cape. Yes, so he's <laughs> got to keep wearing it. I mean, yeah, I wanted to have I have like an apron that has a bunch of like patches and enamel pins on it, and I want that to be like a costume. But I don't I don't wear it enough on camera for it to be a costume. Well, it's also like you do a lot of like nipples up shot. <laughs> yeah, and the- so you can't. Not anymore, though. With this new setup, it's all, it's waist up, baby. Okay. Nice wide shot. All right. So, so now yeah. you have to wear pants now when you're making videos. Pants. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. So that's kind of a downside. All right. So you got apron. Um, that, I mean, that wasn't even one of my lists, but I just thought of it now. I did think the chair of my silly things that I said earlier. I do think. That's fine. It, I, but an ergonomic chair is an ergonomic chair. Exactly. It's right? not for painting. Yeah. Maybe you have like a paint cup in the arm of the chair. Uh, see, I think what paint cup? Oh, no, okay, it's okay. Stu- I'm stupid. with that. I'm with that. Let's go one further. Dentist chair with the little things on the side, the little arm thing, the, with oh, the metal the tray, metal tray, right? And so you can like metal tray, and then it like changes spots where you are. I mean, yeah, I could maybe. Um, related to the dental chair, I think someone told me that they use the dental. Was it you? Use a dental light or want to use the dental light for painting miniatures? That adjustable spotlight oh, thing? that's a great idea. I, it wasn't me that said that, but that's wonderful. Okay. You did like hook it into your, like your ceiling or it's yeah, high it's up like in your so wall. so adjustable. Damn. How much do those cost? Probably like tens of thousands of dollars. Maybe. Because okay. it's medical equipment. Okay. Side note. I wanted to do this for a while. I wanted to get a super strong spotlight um, and then shine it right on my miniature that I'm painting. And then when you expose for the miniature, everything else goes to black in your image. Have you ever done this before? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I mean, you, you can understand how, how it yeah, might yeah, work, I understand right? how it works. So it's just like all the distractions and the giant yellow sponge of the palette just go away because you have this massive spotlight that's so bright on your one area. And then also because of that spotlight, you won't like move it around a lot because you have like a target. Like it needs to stay yeah, in the beam. Yeah, it tells you where you go. Anyways. Oh. But isn't that going to completely wash out what you're seeing though? If you expose correctly and nothing's overexposing, no. I get that. I mean, when I'm actually sitting at the desk and doing the painting. Oh, for your physical eyes? Yeah. Oh, I don't think about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be like a shot of just glare white. And when you're, even where your paint hits, you're like, I don't know. feels like it's kind of there. Well, your eyes have this special thing where the, the pupils get smaller to adjust for bright stuff. Okay. <laughs> I imagined you would adjust and it would look okay. Maybe you could turn the brightness down a little bit on the light. I don't know. This is I don't this is a Let's stupid conversation. Let's find this. What what is we got to find out what the um what the proper light is that's able to do that. C300D. C aperture makes it. Oh, that I already one. know it. Yeah. I just haven't bought it yet. I don't okay. want to. It's a lot of money. Isn't it like 550 bucks? I think I looked at that. The 120D is like 650. The 300D <laughs> The 300D is like 
1200 Yeesh. 800 900 somewhere in there. Well, we're already past Black Friday, so you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. They were on sale. Okay, I would like there to be, and this may already exist, but synthetic brushes that are as good as the sable hair stuff. God damn it. I thought of that on the drive up, too. Oh. I was like, fives. all right. I'm like, I want a synthetic brush. That does it acts exactly like a synthetic brush that we have right now, but it doesn't get the fish hook tip right away. Yeah, yeah. After like one project. Yes. Yeah, um, and that may exist. We don't know, but like if we could paint with synthetic brushes that don't like encourage the like the harvesting of animals, uh, that like why wouldn't you do that? Um, if there was no difference. Um, so yeah. Someone emailed me recently about the, the implications of using sable hair brushes and about like what harvesting their fur, the, the weasels actually does to them and if they can or can't survive the process. And so it's got me, you know, got me thinking about doing a sable hair comparison. I'm going to skin my dog. Uh, <laughs> For his sable hairs. <laughs> Dang it, Crusher. Crusher, we're going to make a paintbrush out of your butt hairs if you don't shut up. <laughs> One day... We'll have a special studio with no dogs. Yeah, it'll be on a uh, like a Hollywood lot where it's just people walking by, making sure everyone whispers. Shh. I actually Shh. in New York City, I walked by and there are people recording a podcast on a bench in a park. They had these really fat mics and a recorder, and they were just sitting in nature recording. And I was like, "That's kind of fun." As you walk by them every seven minutes and yell, "Penis!" <laughs> <laughs> Good luck editing this one, dickheads. <laughs> Yeah, I could have done that, but I didn't. You're a lot better person than me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the first thing I thought of was I'd like to see a sable hairbrush that was quality. Yeah, I am 100% there with you. Uh, specifically, the golden Taclon uh, bristles. They're almost like an orangey yellow when you go to the cheap craft store and you're looking at them. Yeah. Get those. Don't get the ones that are like darker brown. I bought a big pack of those and I made the mistake because they're super floppy. Oh. They're synthetic, but they're super floppy. Yeah, the ones that from Hobby have like a nice rigid yeah. like, feel to them. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I mean, your mileage may vary if you prefer a more floppy bristle, but <laughs> I like the stiff bristles. Uh, and so, yeah, we just I just want them to last. Um, I mean, I'm okay with spending 4 bucks for a pack of 12 and then I chuck them or I use them for crap brushes every week like you have to be okay with that if you're okay with that you know but that also means if it could get one that lasted me six months i'm okay with spending 18 bucks on it exactly yeah because that is probably cheaper than what i end up spending for the crappy one yeah if you're tossing them once a week maybe um another product uh that i'd love to see exist is a uh, and like this is an idea that i had for a long time and I'm never going to make it, so I don't care about talking about it. Um, a miniature holder that was just really good. Um, I feel like every single one falls short. Hmm. And uh, I think there's a unique problem in miniature painting that a miniature holder can solve. Um, oh, what's the problem? The problem is that we paint such small things with such thin paint that our paint dries so fast. And so in order to achieve blends, we often need to clear our brushes. And how do people clear their brushes? Dang it! I did this one too. Okay, yeah, yeah. You gotta put the you gotta put the braid. I, I didn't approach it from the hobby holder side, but I approached it from a different side. But yes, they lick the brush. They lick the brush. I we we I discussed this with you 
almost yeah. a year ago. I, I know, point. I know, I know. My I had a different take on it, but it was about licking brushes. <clears throat> okay, that was my take. So the problem that we should try to solve in the world is licking brushes. Yeah. It's almost entirely unique to miniature painting because of the subject matter and what we're trying to do. So why couldn't there be a product that was like two brushes that were moistened that you could just run your brush through to clear it real quick? Couldn't that be attached to a hobby handle? Maybe it could even be a ring that you put on your finger, your thumb, right there. It's right there while you're painting. Just run my fi- my brush through this this moistened like cavern of sponges just to clean it and then i'm back right at it i don't gotta put my brush in my mouth at all um you just i just want everyone to appreciate the the term that you just used moistened cavern moistened cavern of sponges (laughs) i don't know how else to describe it Uh, (laughs) i think we talked about this like how do we all right it's got to be marketing you gotta have you gotta have a great way to describe it (laughs) but also and they're like not just that for a miniature holder but like also like there's a design that has this nice little thing for you to rest your pointer finger on but mm. that little thing is hooked and it can't go up and down so it's like if i want to paint anything that's 75 millimeter it'll run into that little finger support yeah so how about a, a finger support that's telescoping it can go up and down that shouldn't be that hard to do should it yeah that uh, yeah that's just like an antenna on an old radio or old tv like it goes yeah or how about a solution that any size base can work on instead of having to sell two different products, a mega one and a small one. Like there are so many ways you can attach a base to a handle the way that uh, Redgrass Games atta- uh, tackled this issue was with a sticky adhesive thing. Yeah, which is what we all do Yeah, kind of on our own. I don't know if I like that so much because I think the sticky and tackiness can like wear out over time. What if you had like a little clip, a little hook? That just pinned the base wherever it was to the top of the handle. That wouldn't make it easy for for base work, but you could just transition to a different holder once you moved out of your base work. And for the entirety of the painting, just a little platform and a little clip, bop, just hooked it right onto the top and just held it there. They're plastic miniatures, resin miniatures. They're super lightweight. It doesn't need to be a strong thing. A little spring would keep that thing right in place. Sure. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's kind of just like, like a binder clip. Stand- yeah, standard clamp yeah like a smaller version of a, a little clamp yeah and that can work on any size base yeah i immediately think about uh, especially when i'm painting stuff for like armies or or commissions and stuff like i base i have it all based before i i'm starting to paint on the model whether it's just throwing <coughs> throwing down dirt and rocks and whatever mm-hmm. um basic stuff that way i just all prime it all at once but yeah um other than that i think that's that's a fairly solid idea yeah Maybe like the bottom of the handle can be like a little metal knob that you turn that does some kind of action, but it's metal in the bottom so that it's top, it's bottom heavy, so it doesn't tip over as easily. Yeah, I was thinking that there would be a a place for a screw in the bottom, so the hole is in the bottom of the handle, but then you have like a plate, uh, just like a metal plate with a screw in the center, and then you can just turn it into the the uh, threading a couple times when you're done painting. It sits mm-hmm. over there, and so it's not going to get knocked over or whatever like that. Is is this attached to your desk? You could attach it to your desk. You could put it on a wall. You could put it upside down to dry upside down. <laughs> apparently, just like paintbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this for, for video application where you have something that's clamped to your desk that holds the miniature in a specific spot for you. Yeah. That you can, at the very least, just rotate in a 360 degree 
way just so that it's always staying in frame and always in focus but i was like this could be helpful for people who maybe have maybe shaking hands like to have like a stable arm that's like attached to the desk this might be a little bit too crazy of a product but an interesting thing to kind of look into if you have maybe a shaky grip is like have some kind of thing clamped to your desk that you are kind of like cradling and holding in your hand while you're painting i don't know yeah it needs to be attached to some kind of a ball socket that can go. <clears throat> you're not gonna get 360 out of it. Mm. We don't have the technology. Yeah, we. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but you can get, you know, a lot of different angles where it's still supported, and but it, you can move it around and for your situation still kind of be in focus in frame at least. Yeah. If you but, if you put a ball head on it, that would be a problem because you can move it away from the camera and toward the camera. If it was just a rotation, then it wouldn't do that. But then you would. You'd have to like like crawl under the miniature to like paint <laughs> yeah, yeah. that wouldn't work very well which yeah that, that kind of defeats the purpose to some some degree as right. opposed to just like getting better at trying to keep in frame right okay so i've been stealing all your ideas about how we revolutionize the hobby you can you have any more you want to say um in relation to the uh cavernous sponge <laughs> my my thought was i didn't have an answer yet but there's there's a fair amount of backlash about people licking the brush. And so to just I just wanted to address that where I don't need to necessarily have every answer for this video. I just am saying, well, give me an alternative. Give me an alternative that accomplishes that task, which is to void your brush of paint quick so you can complete a blend, a feathering blend or a wet blend or whatever you want to do. Um, give me a different option. Take a little piece of yellow sponge and put it in between your thumb and, and your webbing. Your webbing. Rubber band it to your hand and get it wet. And just done. I don't think that's enough though. Like I don't know when you put your brush in your mouth. I don't it doesn't just like a surface level like little and like it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't do that, and it's gone. Like you're sucking on that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm because the the paint is your bristles are not a non-porous surface. This isn't a pencil lead. There's <laughs> space in between all of those bristles. Right. So you rubbing the surface of the bristles on something. If you say you had blue paint on there, and then you go back on your, you still got. I mean, you're. Do you know what osmosis is? It would pull, pulls it away. Right. Okay. So if the, if the sponge is wet. It should wick. Absorb it off. Yeah, in a way. Okay. It'll absorb the moisture. I don't think it'll absorb all the pigments, but maybe you it'll don't take care the, that much. It'll take the pigment with it. Not all of it, but I think maybe what? enough. No, yeah, okay. Maybe it's not as good as sucking on the brush. <laughs> maybe it's good enough. Yeah, well, brush... See, the term is incorrect. They call them brush liquor, but that's not the correct way to do it. Brush sucker. It's brush sucker. <laughs> you just hoover it. Uh, <laughs> so I need a little we need a vacuum, a little wet vacuum. Yeah, I can put on my hand, and it goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Suck it up. We need a rebranding. We yeah. want to be called brush suckers now. Yeah, brush suckers, not brush lickers. All right. Okay. All right. Maybe we should have that as a T-shirt. That's a great idea. Brush sucker. Brush suckers. Okay. <laughs> and it's just like a, it's just like a picture of a vacuum cleaner with, but instead of where the sucking part is, there's like a, your face, Scott's <laughs> face with his lips open like this. <laughs> now the other half of the question unless you have any more revolutionary products i did but i can't remember them right now they'll come to me later they'll come to you yeah okay so how would you change the miniature industry <gasps> i had a product okay <laughs> this is this is a relation to the miniature industry too okay it's an app right okay 
Okay, so in this app, you're treading in Uncle Adam territory now. Oh, geez. game four. Okay, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I'll. Uh, it sounds cool. Okay, uh, is it the number four game four? No, it's basically you can find players for any game system in your local area who want to play a particular miniature war game or board game or anything else. That's cool. I mean, we just where I come from, we just use the Facebook groups for those games. We'd be like, hey, anyone play a game Thursday night? And then someone gets back to them. But yeah. <clears throat> it is more streamlined and actually probably opens you up to people that aren't is a part of that app sure. or that community. Yeah. All right. Mine's different. Mine's different. Mine, in, in my app, you can go, boop, you open up the app. Right? I'm going to give you a user experience. <laughs> Why do you need sound effects? User experience right now. <laughs> boop. Open up the app. Gosh. Uh, uh, you, you hit the input button input scroll through your pictures and your phone okay (laughs) (laughs) little carousel sound yeah that's that's the sound uh it's like a card catalog uh and oh this one boop hit the picture picture uploads into the app okay then scroll bar scroll 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 hit vallejo scroll scroll uh no actually i want p3 scroll enter now click anywhere on the picture and it tells you what paint is used for that portion of that color on that mini picture that you put in there. It answers every question that we are sick of asking. <laughs> what colors did you use for the cloak? Boom. Input it into the app. Click that spot. Maroon. Boom. It tells you. Screamer pink. Wacha. Um, yeah. Did I sell you? I think it's a good idea. I f- I'm trying to think of it. If there's something that is similar to it already. I think GW makes the reverse of this where it's like paint a space marine in our app with our colors and we'll show you what it looks like in the end product so instead of taking an end product and finding the colors that were used for it you take something that isn't painted yet and apply paint to it to plan a paint scheme so it's the reverse um i think that has value i think it's i mean there it's a it's it's a different tool for a different situation there that's a planning how i want to do my army I'm talking about, I saw this cool picture on Instagram. Yes. How, well, how did you paint the cloak? Yes. And, and then you, you can do link, it any range. You just link the app. Okay. Right? Every single time. Every single time. You and link, it has yeah. ads in the app, so you make money. Yes. Right? Ad share. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You have to use my <clears throat> subscription code. I think it's a good idea. I question the tech behind it. Uh I don't know how it would work. I mean, it's not terribly difficult. You would just need very accurate, like, photos of each swatch of paint. Um, And the answer will change where you put the little color dropper on that cloak because the thing shifts a lot. And what's going to affect it is the picture you use, if it's white balanced correctly, if there's a hot spot from the light because it's like a satin paint. Um, There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. But the intention is pure. I think so. To get people off your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to say is we want to spend an exorbitant amount of effort to create every tiny swatch of any possible color combination for a brand. Yes. To input into the algorithm. Yes. In order for us to not to just say, just check the app. I'm not going to answer your questions. Yes. And another thing that's kind of hard about this is that Vallejo changes their paints. And they change in hue what? and lightness. Yeah. So like Ben Commons has a favorite color. It's dark sea blue and pink brown. Mm-hmm. And they've changed over the course of the existence of the company. 
Yeah. Because maybe like the pigment they used no longer exists or they can't get it and they use a different one. Um, so that would make it even harder. Is this, is this V1 of Dark Sea Blue or is this V12? Man. Rough. Why are you crapping on my awesome idea, Scott? The, I want this to work. I like the idea. It's okay. just the execution is hard. But I like it though. That's not my strong suit. Execution has never been my strong suit. <laughs> but boy, do I know. <laughs> Got great ideas. No. Um, okay. How do you change the, what about the industry do you want to change? I want to, okay. So I am making, I'm in the midst of doing a journalistic video right now about why America sucks at painting. Okay. And this is the conversation I want to have on the podcast as well. I want to do both. I want to do the podcast and I want to make a cool in-depth journalistic video about why America sucks at painting, following claims, validating them or, or, you know, not validating them. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things is that, you know, America doesn't have a large sense of, large sense of community around painting, um, painting in groups, painting together and stuff like that. And so I'm all about being the change you want to see in the world. Gandhi. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was taking you serious there. Yeah. Um, So I want to start hosting uh, like quarterly painting hangouts at the source on like Monday where I just, you know, I show up maybe the first time I can bring pizza for everybody and we can all just hang out and paint and talk about painting. Um, it's not a class. It's not, not teaching anything. We're just there to, to chat and talk to kind of build a sense of community of painting in, you know, Twin City area of Minneapolis. Mm. And I would love for other cities to do that in their game stores as well. Start developing a community of painting in America so that they can, you know, start to to rise up and, and improve together instead of in isolation, which can tend to happen in America in our in our big homes and especially in Minnesota where it gets freaking cold and no one goes outside yeah. uh, after a certain month. Um that that's a, a part of the industry that I want to see change in America specifically is the community around it. I think, I think that stuff is done. Not, not a lot. No, 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 it's, definitely, it's definitely yeah, yeah. is done for sure. Yep. Yeah. All um, right. We've got a guy in my community who does it at least once a month, sometimes twice a month. It's Great. Like, call it the hobby hangout. Great. Kind of thing. Uh, build and paint night. So it's not only inclusive to, for us from, uh, helping each other out from a painting perspective, but it's also uh, inclusive for new people into the hobby in general, or mm-hmm. to want to learn more about what these little plastic people are at the game store. So sure. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're addressing is, is looking at it from a, from a larger scale <laughs> instead of it just like, Oh, Hey, it's convenient. You know, all these guys want to get together and do paint, but it's like, no, this is actually about something building something bigger and it's not just about our store it's not just about our city it's also not just about gaming yeah that's a big thing that's a big thing in america too is that miniatures are always associated with gaming and that's not a fine art but okay that's this is a different conversation i don't want to have right now Mm because it's a it's a fun one um but yeah so just building that community around the art of miniature painting not necessarily the like you know the the gaming aspect maybe the conversations are about color choice about about uh you know setting up a scene having a story in your piece or like you know technique stuff like that yeah yeah and it's it's interesting that i I, when i think about and i don't know a lot about how these kinds of communities in europe and other parts of the world work but i feel like they're they're much more art focused yeah that they are they're people that are driven to really improve the quality of their miniature painting skills mm-hmm. 
and they're not at all about a game. And that's a hard hurdle, but it's a hurdle that it probably has evolved over years and years and years from a portion of the world. Now I'm getting into this the conversation are. for later. Uh, um, I'm just not going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you are right. What you are saying is right. It is more in, it's more in, intrinsic to their culture. Right. Yeah. That's a that's a great point. <laughs> okay. Uh I got one. Okay. Uh it's kind of related to what you said we're not going to talk about here. <laughs> um uh I I want the artistic side of the hobby to be taken more serious. Yeah. And I don't mean internally like that. I'm not saying like, you listener, take this more serious. <laughs> I mean, taken more serious from the general public's view. Yeah. I don't want you to see my painted space marine as a toy for a game. I want you to see it as a work of art. And yeah, uh, that's a hard thing to ask for. It is. Even I, I think we say, well, how can how can this change in the industry? I want more stuff that isn't about killing stuff. You would paint that? Yeah. Hmm. See, yeah, I want to be taken more seriously. Well, maybe I don't necessarily care about that a whole lot, but I, I like to paint wood elves and vampires. Yeah. I'm I a nerd. I So maybe there are other miniature painters out there. <clears throat> I mean, I can think of a few um, that would be very happy to paint subjects that aren't maybe so fantasy and nerd focused and more in line with traditional art, but... I can I can say at the moment that's not necessarily me. Is that would you you would paint something like a? Yeah, I mean there are some. Um, a lot of them are busts, but there's very uh, interesting sculpts out there that aren't in uh, solely based around killing and combat. And that sure, kind of yeah, yeah. You know, even if there are a, if it's a little old witch, or it's actually the the troll that's got the little bird on his hand or the old druid in the woods and stuff like that, that they're not there. There's still a sense of fantasy to them or to the unrealistic. Mm. Um, right. Cause it, it's a troll yeah, after all. Right. But it's not, you know, bloody chainsword. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, I mean, I think the, uh, a sculptor you're referencing right now, almost exclusively is Lucas, uh, Pina, Pinochet. Yeah. Um, he's coming out with, three pirates i think at like 5 p.m today um and they always sell out his stuff always sells out yeah so if you want to get in on something a subject like that there are three very very lovely sculpted pirates and just their faces have so many lovely volumes and wrinkles and just age on them that i almost want to buy it just for the the painting and not because i don't give a crap about pirates um (laughs) but just because it'd be such a such a, such a joy to paint. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's a side note. I that I really want to like get one of his in pieces in the mail. Like I've seen people when they like yeah, get the them and they open them boxes. up and I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas present for myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going out at uh, five. All right. I'm going to, I'm to You'll be that. driving. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I could buy you one if I'm too. I go before when we, we go get lunch today, we'll look at the pictures. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, so I guess in regards to that, I I kind of look at it in in a way where where Dungeons and Dragons is at a place right now that I want in the history of of that hobby and looking at that parallel to uh, the miniatures and miniature painting hobby. Okay. That I have some envy. Okay. What's the difference? Um, we're in an interesting spot right now 
in the history of Dungeons and Dragons where it is now it, it is still as embraced as and understood as the nerdiness that it is but it is more mainstream and understood and experienced by people that wouldn't historically have associated with that kind of a a game okay. or a hobby sure and so I, I I would really like it if we were in a similar spot. I think actually, thanks to n- namely Games Workshop, but a lot of other important games. Cool companies are not as well. Kickstarter. Like it's more well known now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and board games with minis. Yeah, you know, and and I I would say that the trajectory is there that this will continue to rise and become more well known, more mainstream, and there's going to be a two army starter 40k box at target how about barnes and noble yeah that already happened yeah so um it's just not exactly where i want it to be okay but i don't think that there's a massive thing that needs to happen in order for us to get there do you think there's a difference between being having widespread acceptance and being taken more seriously as an art form I think the more people that understand what it is, mm. the easier it is to bridge that gap okay. to take it seriously. Okay. <laughs> because otherwise the conversation is still first about getting over the explanation of at a base level what they're looking at and what right. it's for and all okay. that. Yeah. If they have that, we can quicker more quickly get to where I want them to go. Okay. How does this make you feel? How does, are you asking like that's what you're going to asking them? That 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 I think that's the second yeah. question, right? Yeah. It's just like if it is art, if it is fine art, it's a hard thing to define sometimes. I think one of the one of the ingredients is it needs to make you feel a certain thing. It needs to impact you in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just a surface level thing that's obvious and identifiable immediately, then I don't think it's fine art. Yeah, um, but that's a. Maybe that's a different podcast conversation. Maybe it is. Someone sent me a video on Instagram, uh, a lady who has a degree in fine art, saying why miniature painting, maybe the majority of miniature painting at the moment isn't fine art. Um, And she went into this very deep dive analysis of what defines fine art. And it was like 10 minutes long. Um, But it was was interesting to listen to. Um, And that'd be an interesting question. I don't know if she knows about all of the miniature painters that uh, that exist in the world, um, because if she might have known of some of Roman Lapat's work or, or Alfonso Geraldez's work, she might have thought differently. So we can maybe take the approach of, okay, here's the formula for fine art. Do any of these pieces from these popular painters and sculptors kind of fit that mold? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, so you want to be taken more seriously, both in a general acceptance way, but also as an, an artistic way. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I think one thing it's because I've been talking about a lot lately is that I'd like to see a, uh, a change in the, the competitive miniature painting scene in America. Currently all the conventions in America are associated very heavily to, um, gaming. Yeah. LVO, Gen Con, Adepticon, all are mostly gaming conventions. We're hangers on to (laughs) the painting side. Yes. And if you go to Europe and you see SMC uh, in the Netherlands, you see Hussar in Poland, you see MSS in Italy, you see, uh, I can't think of another one. Um, none of these have any element of gaming in them at all. They are exclusively painting 
conventions, get togethers, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I don't necessarily want to forsake America's roots in gaming and have like a, a convention that is solely about painting. Maybe one that focuses on it uh, would be nice. Uh, but also, that's not, I mean, I'm kind of, that wasn't what I want to talk about anyways. I want to see the the competition scene change a little bit in that the the judging is more transparent. It's more laid out in the beginning. Uh, there are cash prizes and things of that nature. That'd be cool to see, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think along with that, kind of folded into this batter, <laughs> is uh, is that level of of trying to help everyone improve and trying to help everyone hone their craft. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, the fully transparent judging system and the giving notes for improvement. Yeah, for judges. absolutely. Yes. And, and we're all here getting better. And yes, there are winners, but it, it's a feel good. It needs to still be a feel good and camaraderie kind of experience. Yeah. It was an interesting way that like, uh, man, what was that name? Uh, open Nova Nova open does their competitions where you're not like competing against anyone other than yourself. You know, it's like, there are categories. Yeah. They, there's so many that are it. Yeah. Like there's no finite number of people that can win yeah. silver model metal. MSS does that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's interesting. So it's like, if you have a rubric and you have a score for what defines a gold medal, you should be able to give as many gold medals as people who accomplished your defined metric. Mm-hmm. interesting okay i'm just discovering this right now in my head right now it's like <laughs> whoa okay that, that makes sense maybe someone isn't better than another person they're just the same but different and they're scoring equally okay whatever yeah that, it's it's a scoring system but so you, as long as you have can define it and you can put you in a, a space because you check off the right amount of boxes mm-hmm. and that's all that matters yeah you know and, and it, that helps ends up helping more people if instead of giving three places there are 12 people that got gold, silver, and bronze. And that person that was placed, they were spot number 10, 11, or 12. If there was only three places, they'd have no idea where they sat. They had no idea where they, uh, I'm in bronze. How do I get to silver? What what part am I missing? What step do I need to take? But if you're only given three pla- places, then people maybe don't feel as directed on what to do next. Right. Yep. I can improve from a bronze to a silver to a silver to a gold. Yeah. Okay. I feel some satisfaction that I'm on the right track. Because okay. if, I, if I did as best that I can do and I got into the bronze, then, okay, it's good. I know I, there's, I'm not going to get a, in the top three, but if I'm bronze, it's good. I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. Get better. Yeah. Um, that's all I had for what to change about the industry. I mean, like, there are obvious ones. Like, if I could get rid of recasting as a thing... I would do that. That reminds me of my second grade paper on why Nazis are bad. It's like, no one needs to be convinced of this. <laughs> did you really write that paper? I did. I did in second grade. Why, um, why Nazis are bad? Yeah. It was kind of like the history of Nazism and the why it's bad. It's like, you're not convincing anyone of anything. Like <laughs> people already believe this stuff. So like, I don't need to tell anyone or I don't need to actually maybe the people that do think recasting is okay. Well, there are people that think Nazis aren't bad. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I just think recasting shouldn't be a thing in the industry of, of miniatures, but that's like... It's like your opinion, man. I, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's it, though, for me. You have anything else you want to say about um, industry or product, or products or... Things that I'd want to change. Um, 
I would. Um, I, I don't really know if this is a thing or not, but it, when we talked about the dentist light, which now I'm actually going to go Google how much dentist lights cost. Cause you I probably found one used. Yeah. Facebook marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> Some retired dentist. <laughs> um, I was thinking of a light that was made for our purpose. Um, because there are some good lights out there, but the closest things are those lights for like doing crocheting and for like needlework and things like that, where you want a, a clear, bright light. But our purpose really needs to have a stronger light that is more diffused. So you can fully see um, all the details of your work but it's not blowing out, especially when you're working with any kind of paint that isn't matte. Okay. Blowing out all of the, the you know, the surface areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a expensive high-end light, right? Because it, that's a light that exists for this purpose, but it's for a different purpose. Yeah. So let's market one. We're talking about the the, the cinema light. Yeah. Yeah. For for videography and photography, there's lighting that serves as purchase purpose. But just like people marketing light boxes to the hobby people, Mm -hmm. I think there's probably some tweaking for the best version of a hobby light that doesn't currently exist. I mean, I think light is a is a really big thing. And the difference between you using your ot light or your hobby lamp compared to something that is really good. Yeah. It is a big difference and you don't know it until you've experienced it. You ever see those like light halo things? Yeah. I feel like that was a fad. Yeah. I haven't heard about them for a long time. Yeah. Why would you need lights on the, like the sides? Side to side. It's like your eyes aren't over there. Like right. what value does it... I don't understand. No, and then when you actually look at of those light halo things, how much of that light is really affecting your paint job? Then suddenly you're looking at, oh man, that's like this these ten LEDs and these ten LEDs, and that's not bright enough. Yeah, that's not yeah. enough to get where you need to go. It's like you need to be inside a light egg. <laughs> it's just light, <laughs> just like, and you're just floating in space. <laughs> it's like your your bubble, your your, bu- your bubble boy. I couldn't say the word bubble boy. Bubble boy. You've seen the movie Bubble Boy? Uh, I think I've heard of it, but I haven't seen the movie. Okay, yeah, Bubble Boy. Except for being inside of like a giant beach ball, you're inside of a giant beach ball uh, that's covered in lights. <laughs> so you're just in that. Yeah. Okay, there's there's a product for someone to make. <laughs> Giant beach ball suit. It's the painting womb. <laughs> <laughs> the womb of light. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was some good conversation about changes in the industry and products that we would do. Let's talk about some news. Um, first on the list, P3 wanted to bring their Grandmaster competition to Adepticon, which that brings us up to four or three distinct manufacturer hosted competitions at Adepticon. Yeah. So we got games, or... games Workshop. Yeah, you got Golden Demon. Uh Creature Caster. Resin Beast. Privateer Press. Whatever I just said. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say? What's it called? Whatever it is. What did I just say? Grandmaster? Grandmaster okay. Grandmaster Flash. Uh uh doesn't Reaper? No. No, but there's somebody else that yeah, does. Uh, the critical, not critical hit. Um, 
Mass Atomic Games. Atomic Mass has announced theirs. Yeah. For Marvel Crisis Protocol. Yeah. That's uh, four. There's another one that's not. There's re- another one. There. It was. It was last year and the year before and stuff too. But it's. It's not a big one. But it's okay. an opportunity there. Um. Yeah. So we're t- talking five. Five. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I want like I don't know like I don't know like Just come together guys. <laughs> I don't know if one of those people at the table would ever do that. And I think no, you know they wouldn't. One we're talking about yeah. No, I mean I don't think it's in their best interest of any of them to do it. I don't. Yeah, I agree. I I would rather we do five, and I'll do what works for your company, and I'll have the people that love to paint your minis paint your minis. Sure. And let us have choices. When is choice bad? Mm, I'm trying to like think of a devil's advocate reason why it's bad. Because <clears throat> so for like people like me, it's like I'm gonna want to compete in Golden Demon because it's uh, you want to win it's more. You want more prestigious of an award. Yeah, oh. you, you want to win those zero dollars so bad. Yeah, right. In that um, in that uggo ass new <laughs> that new trophy. Um. So yeah. So like that's why it might be a bad thing. Uh, I don't know. Cause I, I mean, I like GW stuff, so I don't mind painting it. Um, but for someone who maybe doesn't like it but wants the the award, they might be more inclined to do that. Whereas they would prefer to paint a P3 model, but they don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the problem. That's why Crystal Brush was so cool. Is it like it? I mean, in theory, <laughs> quotations, it put us all on an even playing field, and we could all use whatever the heck we wanted. Yeah, whatever yeah. inspired us, whatever direction we wanted to go. Yeah. And that was really cool. And so it actually was, it felt more inclusive because, you know, the guys that are known for painting GW stuff get to, you know, look in the case at my stuff because I'm, you know, I'm going to paint a bust or whatever. And and I think it's just more inclusive bringing everybody together. I really like that. Um, well, this is going to feel a little incestuous at doing Golden Demon every year, every year. Kind of like, oh, I've got to go through the same process, do the same things, <laughs> Space Marine. yeah so i mean yeah it's there's a lot there's a lot of options at adepticon for competitions this year might be a good thing might be a bad thing probably probably a good thing i think it's cool it's more stuff when when i'm walking around um at the con you know my sunglasses on (laughs) you see me walking around with sunglasses on don't 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 talk to him no you talk to me just don't talk really loud (laughs) or fast or fast (laughs) um I'm walking around with my sunglasses and I get to look at more booths for more minis. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. Malifaux needs to do one. <laughs> Why? So that everyone can cry as they're trying <laughs> to paint the tiny-ass fingers. Tiny-ass faces. Tiny-ass eyes. You could enter yours, though. How awesome would that be? Just take it. Just take it. <laughs> like, I, I gave a bit of my soul to create this. <laughs> I'm entering it again, damn it. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, other news. We got a real spicy topic in the news this time uh, that happened just after we started, we finished recording the previous podcast. Yeah. Scale 75 in their infinite wisdom (laughs) (laughs) came out with a Kickstarter that uh, celebrated a part of history that a lot of people have a lot of issues with. They did not read your second grade uh, paper. No. So, okay. there. There's a lot of stuff to unpackage and talk about this, but just to explain it, they came out with a case story that celebrated uh, World War II pilots, specifically German ones. Um, they had models about them. They had the history of them. 
But the thing that really kind of lit people up was that part of the Kickstarter rewards was resin versions of Nazi iconography. Like medals and stuff, yeah. Yeah, like swastikas. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yeah. This is... Yeah, you went over the line. There's a line and you went over it. Yeah, yeah. In a bad way. (laughs) Really bad. Like, I I under... There's a difference, at least in my eyes, and there are people that are much more ingrained in the historical aspect of this hobby than you and I. Yes. But there is a difference between acknowledging and trying to learn from history Mm -hmm. and uh, not forgetting and, and, and acknowledging that through art. Yes. There's a difference between that and celebrating. Yes. And this really, like these, like these, I think it was like three or four guys. And I can't remember what the name of they were, what they were called. It was like the Ludenfogel or something like that was the name of this um, aircraft pilot group or whatever. Yeah. Which were famously known for um, bombing a bunch of civilian areas in Poland and killing a lot of people that weren't soldiers too by the way but they don't didn't talk about that in the kickstarter um uh <laughs> but yeah so these nazi pilots and sell it like really like even the way they did the art in like having them with like the sun is rising behind them and they're like standing with hands on hips looking to the sky yeah like, it just looked very heroic yeah very very heroic very icky yeah and um yeah so but you could it was none of it was so far over the line that we should probably you know burn their house down until they unveiled the kickstarter rewards where you got swastika medals as a stretch goal uh shortly after that you know rome burned to the ground and this whole (laughs) kickstarter went down they took it down in 24 hours right they got death threats that's not okay no um, people, yeah, people emailed them threatening them. Yeah. Like, this is a thing I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I want to play devil's advocate for a moment here. I didn't know the thing about the pilots bombing civilians in Poland, but there's this, there's this thing where people, uh, live based on the community and standard that they exist in. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this, this is really interesting question that everyone needs to ask themselves is if you lived in Nazi Germany during the period of World War II, would you be a Nazi? And right. the answer is, is probably, probably due to indoctrination, due to the, the thoughts that are common in your community. Everyone wants to say, no, I wouldn't be a Nazi. That's terrible. But it's just like, if you take for a moment and just think about all the thoughts that you have, that you just inherit from mm-hmm. social media and from like your family and your friends without actually thinking about them. Uh, it's a little scary. Yeah. Uh, there was this thing a long time ago about Trump and border protection where like he was taking parents away from their children. Mm-hmm. The exact same policy existed during the Obama administration, but no one cared. Mm-hmm. But because Trump is hated, it's a target, right? So it's just like a, right. it's like a, you gotta be really careful about the things you think based on where you live and who's telling you those things. So what I'm trying to say is that the boys that flew planes for Nazi Germany might've been really talented pilots and very good at whatever they were trying to do yeah. and celebrating their skill and their craft is okay while condemning the motive of the the third Reich, what they were trying to do, which was right. awful, right? Right. But they, 
they crossed the line. <laughs> they went too far. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't celebration of their talent as pilots anymore. It was, it was, it almost felt like celebration of Nazism. the movement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I want to say. What do you have to think about that? Yeah. I, well, I don't want to get too much in, into the, the heavy politics. stuff in the politics. Of okay. This sure. At yeah. all. Um, but I, I, I completely agree with you and actually just saw a movie in the movie theater called Jojo rabbit. Ah, I want to see this movie. I haven't seen it yet. It is so good. And it, it, the movie is about what you just talked about. Okay. A, a little boy who grew up in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so he's a little Nazi. He's a Nazi youth. He's a Hitler youth. Okay. Um, it's an amazing movie and it's so freaking funny. Um, but, uh, but it tells a lot of really truths of, of what we're exposed to. Anyway, I, I think it's interesting that we can have this discussion and that they are reacting accordingly. Um, I, I understand that like, this is now like a little bit old news. It's two weeks old. Yeah, or, or definitely three weeks old, old news. Yeah. Um, but I think it's still an interesting thing that allows us to connect outside of the little bubble that is our hobby a little bit more to the real world because so much of what we do in our hobby is so hard to relate mm. to real life okay probably purposefully so right it, it is maybe. an escape maybe yeah maybe and so it's kind of nice to be like hey look guys we're all part of this global community even it's even affecting our hobby for better or for worse sometimes better sometimes worse yeah and so we should acknowledge that all right, that's going to bring us to the end of the podcast. John, why don't you outro us? Well, it's going to do an outro. <laughs> I'm going to yawn. Um, so here we are, eight episodes in. It's almost holiday time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> um, and I'm thankful for these eight episodes. This has really been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I did not think that people would really like this that much like i thought some people would but i yeah. thought it would be like 200 people <laughs> yeah i think we have a really cool body of people that watch and comment and listen to our podcasts our patrons are super cool um i like our community I like yeah them. and we're making plans we got we like we want we're not gonna be we stagnant are. oh shh we're making plans Scott, making we're, plans we're looking at we're looking at things for an alternate studio at my house yeah. we're we're look we're talking about uh podcast episodes with darren latham we're yeah. talking about we got other episodes that are coming up here maybe as soon as next episode uh with guests guests on them <gasps> so we're um we're, we're trying to improve talking about qu quality of our gear we're talking about adding new stuff yes uh we bought these stands these stands um so we appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the comments, the likes, the people on the Facebook, people subscribing, um, people leaving us good reviews. They're really, we do read them all. Um, we do really appreciate it, and we want to keep moving forward, and we want to do that with your support. So um, anything that you can help us out, we got sweet, sweet ass shirts. We got, um, what else do we have? Oh, we have a Patreon campaign. Uh, you can hang out with us there. You can watch the after party episode of the podcast which is usually about another 20 to 30 sometimes more minutes of the mm -hmm. podcast yeah um you can give us some some ideas for podcast topics you can submit pictures of your minis and we critique those Definitely. um you can interact with us there we you can post on the patreon and we can chat there as well otherwise you can hang out with all the other sprues and spruits in the facebook group what did i miss scotty boy you nailed it all yeah i mean other ways you can support us is 
like you always say, telling your nerd friends about us. Yeah. Leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Until the next time, see you in the flippity flop. I hate you. <laughs>